appointments unlimited. Good afternoon. My name is Gundon Radley. I'm looking for a couple of men to go over my garden and clean it up. It's a bit of a rush job, and Wests, the garden people, haven't got anybody at such short notice. I saw your advertisement in the Times. Oh, yes, sir. When do you want the men there? Well, tomorrow morning, first thing, if that's possible. Yes, sir. The address? 28 Hatfield Lane, East Croydon. We'll have them there early, Mr. Gundon Radley. Can you uh, give me any idea of the approximate cost? Well, it will be approximate. Mr. Mason does the costing. I should think somewhere between 20 and 25 pounds. Oh, that's all right. You've only a phone number here. Where should I send the cheque? 33 Half Moon Street. Ring of Roses. London abounds with a profusion of garden suburbs. In fact, some of them bear that name. Welling Garden City being an example. A growing abhorrence of menial labour among the new generation gives cause for many a request to assignments unlimited for assistance in the garden. Gail Hamilton once flippantly remarked that in the spring, a housewife's fancy likely turns to thoughts of lawnmowers. Requests in wintertime for this type of assignment are so rare as to be, well, virtually non-existent. But such a request came to the office, and I instructed the telephone girl to pass on the details to Callum. You've got to be there at Sparrow Cheap. He wants the whole place cleaned up in one day. Okay. You uh, you got the details? Oh, I've written down for you here. Oh, thanks. Mm, Hatfield, then, you're not. Uh, who will you take with you? Oh, Baxter. Who else? He's an expert on these things. With me, the, uh, the digging up of gardens is strictly for the army worms. <laughs> we'll be there at, uh, what did you say? Sparrow Cheap. Yeah, that's what I thought you said. Whew. Whew, I'm tired. Let's have a break for tea. Uh, I thought you peasants could keep at this all day. So now I'm a peasant just because I like gardening. The peasant is the laborer, the horticulturalist, the expert. Oh, that makes me the peasant. If you like. Well, in that case, I stand on my constitutional rights and demand a trade union break. You make tea, I brought coffee in a flask. You can let's sit on that anthill. That is a compost heap. All good gardeners keep one. Well, for a good gardener, he sure let this place go to seed. Yes, I wonder why. Of course, he may have been away for a time, or his wife might have been the gardener and left him. You know, Baxter, you have a sword in mind. I have an eye for detail. That's how I know he's a rose lover. You see that ring of rose bushes there? Mm-hmm. He's turned the soil inside the ring quite recently. It's the only part of the garden that's been touched. Well, what good does that do? Oh, turning the soil? Mm. Well, it lets air down to the roots. But I bet he hasn't done it properly. The proper way in winter is to dig a hole in the center of the ring and fill it with compost. His compost heap is still intact. Uh, you're a regular eagle eye. Sexton Blake of the garden. Have you tried fingerprinting caterpillars? <laughs> The trouble with you, Cannon, is you have no soul. No contact with the good earth. <laughs> well, I guess you're right at that. The earthy things I like in life don't come in rose gardens. Well, shall we grapple with nature again? Yeah, I suppose so. I'll dig the hole in the center of the rose ring. You can go and get the wheelbarrow and cart compost over here. Are you uh, happy with it? Happy? Mm. 
Baxter, let me tell you something. As far as I'm concerned, guano is strictly for the birds. Cannon! Cannon! Well, what's exciting you? Did you find the new season's first coddling moth? Something much more interesting. Come over here. Okay. So what is it? I found this. It's only recently been buried in the Ring of Roses, still in the envelope in which it was posted. Mm. An eternity ring. Good one, too. Solid platinum. Uh, how do you know it's an eternity ring? Baxter, in this field, I'm the expert. Mm. And where was it? Buried right here. Well, maybe it accidentally dropped out of his pocket while he was turning the soil, and uh, he didn't notice it. He wasn't turning the soil. He was digging a hole. I found this at the bottom of the hole he dug. So what? You said that that was the right way to fertilize a ring of rose bushes. Yeah. He didn't use any fertilizer. He just dug a hole. <sighs> Baxter, you should set up as a private investigator. The frustrations of horticulture will send you to your grave. Yeah. Well, this is the only part of the garden that's been touched for months. Why should he dig here if it wasn't to bury the ring? Well, look, maybe he did deliberately bury it. Maybe he had a good reason, a, a sentimental reason. Mm. Well, if it's pure platinum, it's worth a packet. You uh, thinking of keeping it? No, no, of course not. But the man must be a loony to bury a valuable thing like that. Well, plenty of people do it. They get buried with their family heirlooms and jewels. There's no law against it. I've never met this Gundon Radley, but uh, by the look of this three-storage shack he lives in, he's loaded. So if the whim takes him to plant a platinum ring inside his rose ring, why kick? Yeah, you haven't looked at the envelope yet, or what came with it. Well, what did come with it? This piece of pasteboard. It was tied on with a bent paper clip. Hmm. A big question mark. Is that all it is, uh, just a question mark? Yes, and it was posted in London. Well, he, uh, he could have sent for it, and uh, whoever posted it might have questioned the wisdom of burying it. Now, if I were you, I'd put it right back in the hole and cover it up again with ordinary plain soil. You know, he, uh, he might not take kindly to having his private memories solid with manure. All right, if you say so. But I still think it smells fishy. When we're finished with this garden and it's raked and turned, it'll be impossible to see if anything's been buried here. And what's that supposed to mean? Simply that if Mr. Gundon Radley did want to... Bury something secretly, he's certainly gone the right way about it. Well, the barman tells me you're interested in our distinguished local resident, Gunton Radley. Oh, my name's Perriman, friend of the family. Perhaps I can help. Now, oh, that's very nice of you. Won't you sit down? Thank you. What was it you wanted to know? Well, confidentially, I'm a horticulturalist, and I was about to plan a garden for him at his home in Hatfield Lane, but, well, I can never get to see him. You see, it's important that I have a few details of his family background. Oh, I see. Oh, Memorial Garden, I suppose. Uh, in memory of whom? Uh, his wife. She was killed in an accident three oh, months ago. I see. I didn't know. In that case, I'll have to get hold of Mr. Gundon Radley in person. Thanks for telling me. Well, it's a pleasure. Anything I can find out about her will help immensely. If his bereavement is so new, well, he might be reluctant to talk about her. Uh... I heard that he once bought her a very expensive eternity ring. Oh, that. Mm. Oh, yes, yes, it's true. I remember it well. Must be the best part of 20 years ago, no? Yeah. Solid platinum it was. They were very devoted. As a matter of fact, it turned out to be an eternity ring in more ways than one. In later years, she could never get it off her finger. Yes. An aunt of mine had the same trouble. Mm, she didn't consider it any trouble. I mean, if a ring like that begins to stop the circulation, you can always have it filed off. 
Yes, I suppose so. Oh, but that situation never arose with Mrs. Gunton Radley. Hmm? Where she is, the ring will always be. <laughs> I don't quite understand. Oh, no, of course. Of course, you didn't know about the accident. She was one of the passengers on that interstate aircraft that crashed into the Irish Sea uh, three months ago. I'm sure you must remember it. Yes, I do. And the plane was never seen again. There were no survivors and no bodies were ever recovered. No bodies were ever recovered, Cannon. That's the important part. No, I'm not so dumb I don't see that. So if she was wearing that ring when she crashed into the Irish Sea, how does it come to be buried in Gundon Radley's garden? Hmm... Well, the man said they were devoted. He might just have had a duplicate made in her memory. Then again, if she couldn't get it off her finger, it might have started giving her trouble, so that uh, she had it filed off sometime before the flight. There, there. I took a good look at the ring. It hadn't been filed. Well, it can't be at the bottom of the Irish Sea and at the bottom of Gundon Radley's garden at the same time. It, uh, it must be a duplicate. You've forgotten about the question, Mark? Well, if I had, I'm being reminded now. This is no mere question. This is a full-blown conundrum. Uh, should we go to the police? No, 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 not, not yet. Let's, uh, let's dig up some more dirt on this buried ring first. I'll tell you what, we'll check with the airport, the jeweler, the family doctor. There must be a very simple explanation. I uh, have all the details here, Mr. Cannon. Plane flew into bad weather over the Irish Sea and developed engine trouble. She was in constant wireless communication right up to the time of the tragedy so that we know almost the exact spot where she went into the sea. Bad weather hindered rescue operations, and when the sea calmed down, there was not a sign of the plane. This must have been very quick. There were no survivors. Mm -hmm. I suppose there can be no doubt that Mrs. Gundon Radley was on board. Oh, no, no doubt whatsoever. All passengers are checked aboard on the manifest. Apart from anything else, that's a major requirement of the insurance companies. Common practice to keep a, a record of any piece of jewelry that's valued at more than five hundred pounds, Mister Baxter. Yeah. Uh, do you have a record of this eternity ring? Oh yes, indeed. Ah. Is it possible to look it up for me? No need. You're fortunate. It was I who sold that eternity ring to Mister Gundon Radley. Ah, he's been one of our customers for more than twenty years. It was in platinum, encrusted with rubies, to form a, a ring of roses. A beautiful creation. He made the purchase nearly twenty years ago for his young wife. Ah, me. Tragedy. She was killed, you know. Yes, yes. I suppose he couldn't have had a duplicate made. Well, not exactly. Unless we had the original... But we were never asked for a copy to be made. I don't think he'd go elsewhere. In any case, Mrs. Gundon Radley would never part with it. She never removed it from her finger. She was a robust woman. Hardly a day's illness in her life. Yes, of course, I remember the ring. She actually consulted me about it. The fingers do tend to swell in middle life, making a ring difficult to remove. There's no danger unless the blood is prevented from circulating properly, and it wasn't in her case. Could, um, could the ring be removed in any way other than by filing through it? Only by surgery. It's uh, quite simple, really. The skin is laid back from the second knuckle joint. But then few people would resort to that method. It's so much easier, surely, to have the ring filed through and joined together again. Well, that's that. Do we go to the police now? Baxter, you read too much Dick Tracy. 
But if Mrs. Gundon Radley's eternal resting place is at the bottom of the Irish Sea, how does her ring come to be in her husband's garden? That's what we hope to find out, and hope springs eternal. <sighs> I wonder if he murdered her. Oh, don't be a mutt. She walked aboard that aircraft. Baxter, we're going back to Hatfield Lane tonight. Something tells me there are more than fairies at the bottom of Gundon Radley's garden. The state agents advertising vacant houses in Hatfield Lane refer to it as a haven of tranquility. But then why not? What can be more tranquil than death? Oh, I'm sorry to pester you like this all the time, Mr. Gundon Radley, but Ed Office has been on my tail screaming for action. Action? Well, it's insurance phaseology, sir. If you'll just sign these papers, we can issue you with a cheque and the business is completed. I told you, I don't want the money. We'd be happy to dispose of the money in any way you wish. Just give us your instructions. You do what you like with it. But you must sign the papers first, sir. A signature on the double indemnity document, and then I can transfer the money to your lawyers. It's a large sum, you know. Ten thousand pounds. Can you prove to me that she's dead? Oh, Mr. Gundon Radley, I... I know it's been a terrible shock, and we do sympathize... Supposing and... I took the money, and then you discovered that she was still alive? Oh, but she isn't, sir. We have to face up to the facts. I asked you a question. Oh, well, uh, hypothetically speaking, uh, you'll be in no way to blame. Uh, once the deceased is officially proclaimed dead, you have the right to claim the insurance, and we the duty to settle the claim. And I uh, don't have to account for the money? Oh, naturally not, sir. It's yours to do with as you please. Uh, but you must know this, Mr. Gundon Radley. You've been doing business with our firm of insurance brokers for years. Why, I remember drawing cover for your late wife's air trips for the past eight years. Yes. Eight years. Oh, she was a great air traveller, wasn't she? Uh, you, you know, I've been round the world half a dozen times with her without ever leaving my office. Round the world by air on insurance forms. <laughs> What's that? Oh, uh, well, I was just... Reminiscing, Mr. Gundam Radley. Now, uh, give me the papers. I'll sign them. Oh, that's better, sir. Ten thousand, you say. I want it here in cash tomorrow morning. Cash. Understand? That was a good idea of yours, Cannon. He's dropping on Mr. Gundam Radley's visitor. Well, I hope I don't come up with any more bright ideas like that. Anyway, we went there to steal the guy's eternity ring, not to eavesdrop. Uh, look at it on the bright side. If we hadn't overheard that conversation he had with the insurance broker, would have dug up the ring. Oh, now you make me feel like a grave robber. I told you in the first place he buried it for sentimental reasons. It was just that it was supposed to have been lost with her in the oh, sea. All right, all right. Let, look, let's bury the whole thing. I'll drink up. I want to go home. Hello. It's oh. Mr. Baxter, isn't it? Oh, we had a conversation the other night about Mrs. Gundon Radley. Yes, hello, Mr. Perryman. Meet a colleague of mine, Canon Mr. Perryman, an old friend of the Gundon Radleys. Oh, how do you do? How do you do? Have you uh, started on the Remembrance Garden yet? Yeah, I was telling Mr. Perryman about the garden I was proposing to do in memory of Mrs. Gundon Radley. Well, you sure got a great imagination. <laughs> Mr. Cannon's always been very enthusiastic about my work. I feel sorry for him, though. Oh, Gundon Radley. His insurance broker asked me to meet him here. He's having trouble with getting him to sign the papers for the insurance on his wife. Accident during travel carries double indemnity. The poor old Gundam's lost in the clouds. Your insurance friend's troubles were over then. He signed. Oh, he did? Oh, how do you know that? Oh, no, he, he's psychic. Yeah. Ten thousand pounds, I believe it is. Oh, poor woman. To lose her life like that the first time she'd ever flown. Oh, come on, Baxter, we've got... What did you say? What about her? Oh, must have been the first time. 
She couldn't bear the thought of flying. As a matter of fact, I wondered what made her want to fly to Ireland. She was always such an old stay-at-home. Ah. Hello, Cannon. What did you find out? Well, it's just like the insurance guy said. He spent half his life flying around the place on business, and it seems he always took his wife with him, or she'd fly out to join him. That's what happened on that Irish trip. He was already there when she started out to join him. She... But why should Perryman tell me a pack of lies? No, he didn't lie about the ring. He could have been mistaken about her aversion to aeroplanes. Mm, it seems very unlikely. Well, unlikely or not, that's the way it is, and that's the way it stays. I never want to hear the name Gundon Radley again. No <laughs> get it. Yeah, Cannon. Oh, Mr. Cannon, do you remember a Mr. Gundon Radley? Oh, no, not you. Well, what's the matter? Nothing. What about him? Well, he's just been on the line. He has? Now, what did he want? A man to deliver an important parcel. He was so pleased with your gardening job, he remembered our number. Oh, wasn't that nice? Swinging. Uh, when does he want this messenger? Now. Tell him I'll be right over. Did you, uh, did you catch that? Yes. You want to bet that parcel contains ten grand in cash? <laughs> Curiosity killed the cat. Yeah, but the way I figure it, this cat, Gundam Radley, has got nine lives. It's an important parcel, Mr. Cannon, and I want you to realize that you're in a position of trust. The address to which you deliver it is 94 Pell Street. It's not a very salubrious area, and... It's most important that the recipient of the parcel doesn't know that it comes from me. All right? Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, you make it sound so mysterious, Mr. Gundon Radley. What is it, a, a time bomb? It'll come as great a shock to them as a time bomb. But uh, they won't be displeased with it, I can assure you. <laughs> well, I hope they accept it. Uh, I mean, uh, you didn't even tell me their name. I suppose that is necessary. Mr. and Mrs. Perkins. Mm -hmm. Perkins. And uh, what do they look like? I've never seen them. Now, you'd better start. Ring me when you've delivered the parcel. I shall be anxious about it until you do. Okay, I'll do that. Is that your car standing there? Yep, complete with chauffeur. We do things in style. I'm glad I can rely on you. Goodbye, Mr. Cannon. We're seeing you. Got it, I see. Get weaving, friend. It's number 94 Pell Street. Yeah, that's a rather shady neighborhood. Who do you think Gundon Radley could know in a place like that? Well, don't let it offend your middle-class soul. He's never met the occupants. Oh. I knew there was something fishy about all this. I'm not all that green. No, Baxter, you're not, but this is Greenbacks. You and I could start up a bank with this lot. Ten thousand pounds. I'm not going to count it, but uh, you can count on it. Put your foot down, Baxter. This dough's hot. Street. Shall we go together? Uh, uh, you stay here. I want you to keep a lookout for anybody who appears to be watching this place. Uh, like who, for instance? Like a well-dressed dame, for instance. 
We're hot on the scent, Baxi. And I've just about got this figured out. Mr. Perkins? Yes? I got some news for you, Mr. Perkins. A part of it's good. The other part is very bad. Do you mind if I come in? Uh, you better be sitting down before I tell you any of it. Did you hand it over? Yep. Or 10,000 of it. Does he know what's in the parcel? I opened it for him. He had to know I was on the level. Yeah. Um, in that tea room come fish and chip shop. She's been there for the past half hour. Arrived just after you went into his house. Great. I knew our luck would change. Now, you stay here, Baxter. won't be long. Oh, uh, by the way, you got a couple of loose sixpences? Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Here we are. <clears throat> Always keep them for the phone. Thanks. That's just what I want them for. Um, uh, Mrs. Gundenweddle. Yeah. What do you want? I want to talk to you. That's not my name. Please go away. Or I'll call a policeman. Uh, that's the that's the last person you'd call. Now, I see you've injured your finger, man. It's uh, badly too because it's a big bandage. I I had an accident. Like having a surgeon fold back the skin from the second knuckle so that you could remove an eternity ring. Who are you? Well, just a guy who's going to ask you a favor. Life is very complex, isn't it, Mrs. Gundon Radley? And one member of your triangle has already lost your life. That was an accident. But there's another tragedy looming on the horizon, and this time it won't be an accident. I don't know what you're talking about. You will. Just listen. In five minutes' time, I'm going to make a phone call. But I don't want to make that phone call. I want you to make it. Because waiting on the other end of the line is a guy with a service revolver. And if he hears my voice instead of yours... He's going to cock that gun and blow his head off. Yes. For the past eight years, my husband has been associating with another woman. She accompanied him on all his overseas business trips, something I've never done because I was terrified of flying. I knew nothing about her. She kept his secret very well. Then I heard the news of the air crash when my husband was in Ireland. They gave the names of the victims... And there was a Mrs. Miniver Gundon Radley, my name. Coincidence was too great, so I checked up and discovered the truth. It was the other woman who died, traveling in my name as my husband's wife. I decided to disappear before he got back from Ireland. He'd no idea where I was and was forced to submit to the condolences of friends over a dead wife he knew to be alive. I knew he'd have difficulty with the insurance, too, and you're right about the finger. I did have surgery to remove his eternity ring. I posted it back to him with a question mark. I've made him suffer. For three months I've made him suffer terribly. Now I... I'm sorry. Well, I'm, uh, I'm glad you didn't have the ring filed off. You might want to wear it again one day. You know, you should, uh, you should try flying. It's, it's cool these days. Do you want to make that call now? Yes. Here's a sixpence. Give him a ring. I don't know who titled the file Ring of Roses, but it's quite apt, don't you think? Mm -hmm.